Welcome to episode 23 of the Unstoppable Podcast with Jonathan Mead. My name is Dan J. Gregory and I am committed to hunting down the secrets of business mastery and human performance. My goal for the Unstoppable Podcast is to share insights from some of the most successful entrepreneurs, inspiring thought leaders, world-class athletes and prominent celebrities to help you to become unstoppable in business and life. Each week, I'll be bringing you a new interview with an inspiring person and sharing my own results as I pursue the answer to the question, how can I create the ultimate edge in my business, make a significant impact, and live an extraordinary life? Welcome to episode 23 of the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest. Today's guest is an irreverent pioneer, a champion for human wildness and a professional instigator. He quit his job at 23 after moonlighting on his own terms. Now in his early 30s, he's a full-time renegade and he's passionate about helping men to reawaken the giants sleeping within them. He's found that by helping men reconnect with nature, that they discover their own true nature and wild masculine strength. He believes that you can take the man out of nature, but you can't take the nature out of the man. And no matter how much fluorescent lighting we absorb was trapped indoors, the wilderness is always just underneath the surface. He believes that the unwavering brotherhood, the undeniable bravery and unapologetic wilderness can not only change, but heal the world. His deepest mission is to instigate a worldwide movement of wild brotherhood, focusing on helping men uncage one at a time. Our guest today has just launched The Uncaged Man, which has been designed specifically to help men to break free from the grind and uncover what the wild man inside is capable of. Whilst this project is aimed at men, ladies, you're going to love this episode too. We'll be talking about how modern life has disconnected us from everything that makes us human and how uncaging ourselves and connecting with our authentic self is not about losing ourselves in the world and leaving the world we know behind, but how we can create a better balance between our primal nature and the chaos of modern civilization. Get ready to learn how to reclaim your wilderness, break free from the chains of domestication and become the greatest version of yourself. Introducing Mr. Jonathan Mead. Welcome to Jonathan Mead. To give you guys some context, Jonathan and I have already had uh, a very in-depth conversation recently, and it was highly relevant. I just spent some time down on the coast of Cornwall, um, clambering across the coastline and releasing myself from uh, from the city life, and uh, it had a marvelous effect. And it was really relevant to some of the work that Jonathan does in terms of becoming the uncaged man. The context is very different this time. I've just spent nine days uh, bedridden. Uh, trapped in my little cage and having an interesting experience. I'm not someone who does ill, um, so we're going to have an interesting conversation about <laughs> the importance of going outside. But without further ado, I can't wait to bring Jonathan in. Jonathan, would you mind for the in- for the listeners just uh, giving yourself an introduction in terms of what you do now, frame who you are and what you do? Yeah, my name is, as you know, is Jonathan Mead. I have a a mission to help men um, get outside, get back in touch with um, nature because I find that gets them in touch with their true nature and um, it helps you become more unstoppable, right? Like it, getting, getting back to your primal roots and really, you know, 
you know, living more like a human is meant to live um, before this interesting experiment of, of civilization. It helps uh, fortify us and it helps us become stronger. And, you know, I'm excited to share that message with, with you guys today. And, and maybe, you know, me and, me and Dan will get into more of the specifics of that. But that's, that's kind of the, the basis of it. Awesome. And, uh, you know, congratulations to you for releasing the Uncaged Man. But I, I know it didn't all begin there. Would you mind just sharing a bit about your entrepreneurial journey so far and where it all, where it all got started? Yeah, you know, I, like most people, I started, um, you know, going from job to job. I've had, I've had, I've had so many different jobs. You know, I've worked as a lumberjack, cutting down trees. I've, you know, worked in fast food. I've worked, you know, um, doing landscaping, doing freelance work. And, and then, you know, I transitioned from that to trying to get more stable jobs, like working in, in cubicles and doing office work. And that was really what, you know, after, after doing a couple of years of that, that's what really kind of led to the catalyst of me really questioning this and asking myself, is this really what I want to do? Um, is this really how I want to spend my life? Because in that, in that life, in that, you know, way of working, I really did feel caged in and it's very relevant to, you know, the work that I do now. But that led me to starting a personal development blog um, back in 2008. It was called Illuminated Mind. And I did that um, for, it's been about, wow, it's been about eight years now. Um, And that let me, that let me quit my job and escape from, escape from the cubicle and I have been helping other people find their passions um, and and build meaningful businesses around what they really love to do, what they're excited to do. Um, but most recently, that has led me to realizing that my passion is really helping people get outside, get back in touch with their with their true nature. and yeah, it's been it's been an interesting journey for sure. You've had your own on Cajun on multiple occasions by the sound of things. Yeah, it's it's um it's interesting because I found that that the real root of personal development is not so much about becoming something. It's it's usually about like shedding layers of, of bullshit and setting you know, shedding limiting beliefs and you know, this programming of what you're supposed to do or who you're supposed to become. And once you do that, the the greatness within you is is allowed to emerge. Um, so it's yeah, it's just this process of uncaging. That's been my my process is you know uncaging from you know this template of working just to survive, and then uncaging from this template of you know just going to a gym and doing these boring you know workouts that never seem to lead anywhere. And what what was the original inspiration for you personally around the personal development blog that you originally started? Was there something that you were working on in terms of your inner game that led to you taking that path? Yeah, you know, for for most of my life, I had been really interested in um, theology and spirituality and and asking these deep questions about life, asking these questions about like, who am I? Where did I come from? you know what's what's the purpose of life all this really big stuff and i i read countless books and you know took college courses in in um 
religion studies and and did all of this work, but it never really, you know, I got I, I got a few answers, but it never really led to a much of a meaningful difference in my life. And then I picked up a personal development book. I think the first one was um, the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, which is which mm. is a really good um, really good book for anyone that hasn't read it. But that was the first time that I read a book and it like actually made a real difference in my in the quality of my day-to-day life. Um I wasn't just thinking about you know what does life mean? I was doing things to change my life and that inspired me a lot and I I felt like man there's so much there's so much content out there that is kind of like it, for personal development kind of for the mainstream mm-hmm. and I had this I had this background, you know, of being kind of, you know, uh, iconoclast and, you know, always questioning authority and being, you know, kind of the grunge, you know, uh, kid in, in, in school. And I realized there's all this stuff out there for, you know, the masses for personal development, but there's not a lot of stuff out there that really speaks to, you know, alternative minded people. So, I thought that I could offer a lot of value to those people by speaking to them in a way that they um, could resonate with. So that's that was the original inspiration for my personal development uh, website back then. Um, awesome. I mean, I can see I can see that kind of uh, the grunge kind of <laughs> philosophy going through like trailblazers and going against authority. It's funny. I I recently went through a process which was designed to identify your purpose at a deeper level and it basically walked you through your entire life memories from the age of like 5, 9, 15, 21 and onwards. And you know when I was a kid wow. like 5 years old I, was, you know, I think I wanted to be an astronaut so obviously thinking big from a young age but right. when, I, when I got to 15, I was this punk rock, anti-authority kid. And again, right. a lot of the stuff I do is really going against the grain as well. And uh, it's funny how these little defining moments within my upbringing had led to me to find certain um, avenues of uh, direction with my career and then my business. And it was just really fascinating to look back at those unique times within my life and think how how amazing how some of these things you never even thought about. You know, listening to rock and roll music, punk music, and grunge, and heavy metal as a teenager would in fact influence uh, the way I my outlook in my business. Um, right. I'm really yeah. cu- in terms of your journey. What have been what have been some of the defining moments for you in your entrepreneurial journey? Wow. Um, you know, definitely the first. The first subscriber uh, to my blog, the first dollar that I ever made, um, you know, moments like that that don't seem like much, but really mm. give you this sense of, whoa, I just I just made like a dollar yeah. <laughs> on on the internet. Uh, I remember that moment for myself. Um, maybe it, you know, maybe I could make ten dollars, and then you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's those little things that have often been, um, you know, the most defining moments for me. And then, you know, the big things too, like actually handing in my two week notice to my boss and, um, you know, hearing the shock in her voice and being like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Cause she, she had no idea what I was doing. I kept it, you know, hidden from my coworkers and stuff like that. And, uh, 
And after I gave that two week notice, I came back to my desk and I had one coworker that I, that I did talk to about this. And he was like the only one that knew I was building a business, um, on the side and, and moonlighting. Uh, but he, he knew that I was going to give my notice and he put a clock on my desk with this <laughs> note on it. And it was like, <laughs> it had this note that said during the industrial revolution, when an employee, um, retired, they, they were given a watch or a clock to signify they had been given back their time. Um, and <laughs> it was, it was simultaneously funny and also really emotional because I realized in that, in that moment, you know, I had, I had kind of reclaimed my own time, so to speak. And, um, I could now do my own thing full time on my own terms and I could decide the work that I get to do and, and the people that I, that I want to work with. So that was definitely one of the biggest ones for me. Wow. Wow. Significant. And how about when you launched your first course with, uh, was, was trailblazers your first course? No, I, I had a, I had a course before that that was just called paid to exist. Um, that was before. So my, website started as illuminated mind and I rebranded it to paid to exist. And, um, before I rebranded it, I had a course called paid to exist. Um, and then that kind of evolved into trailblazer and then that became my sort of, um, flagship product. Awesome. And what what were some of the biggest challenges you faced in terms of building your brand and your following online? Man, just, I, I think obscurity, you know, when no one knows about you, you know everything is harder. Um, when no one knows what you do or who you are, um, it's it's really difficult to you know get exposure to get people to listen to you, to want to trust you, to want to work with you. Um, so really, just getting my getting my message out there um, was was the most challenging thing at first, and just. You know, feeling like I was doing it alone, feeling like, man, I, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, you know, I've never been an entrepreneur before. I don't have like, you know, my grandfather is a plumber and he has his own plumbing business, but it's, it's a little bit different, right? Um, so I don't, I didn't have any entrepreneurial friends or, you know, family members or anything like that. So a lot of times I just felt like I was, I was doing it alone and, you know, no one knew who I was. So that, that was the biggest challenge, um, for me. And yeah, I think, you know, when I think about it, I think that's one of the reasons a lot of people fail and they, and they give up is because they really do feel like no one cares if they, you know, if they fail. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the conversations I have, it sounds like a lot of entrepreneurs go through a similar journey that they're almost that lone wolf at the beginning. And, you know, the first, the first battle in the journey to creating your business is all of your friends and family who want you to follow the normal path because you've taken right. a different route. It's, it's very rare that I speak to right. someone who's come from an entrepreneurial background um, and they've just had that support network. In fact, there's only one person I can think of that had that and it's the benefits were obvious, but everyone else, not only did you have to fight your own inner game, but you had to then negotiate the path of what I call neg ferrets and disbelievers. And <laughs> that's uh, that's a whole different conversation in itself. So what have been some of the proudest moments since you, since you got started with the entrepreneurial journey? 
you know, I, I get so much value out of, you know, the emails and the, the, the messages from people telling me, you know, that my work has, has changed their lives or has, has really made a, a real significant difference. But the biggest thing, you know, because emails are great, but it's sometimes I, it's horrible, but I'll get an email like that. I'll be like, Oh, whatever. And then I'll just archive it. Mm. Um, but going like going to a conference or doing an event and then meeting someone in person and having them tell you and you can see their face and they're excited and they're you know they're telling you about how your work has really changed their lives in person and you can't just deny it you know it's it's there yeah. and it's real and you're like oh wow this is this isn't um just someone be you know an anonymous person behind a p- computer screen. I think those are the moments that really make a difference for me because I, that's the challenge of doing things on on the internet. You know, like you can get a lot of likes, but you don't really know. You don't really see the difference you're making in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think those are the moments that really make it all worth it for me. Nice, nice. And before we talk about the uncaged man, I'm just keen to understand some of your own personal kind of success principles, some of your philosophies for success and what it takes to, to find greatness. What are, some of the, what are some of the principles that you live by? You know, what I've there, – there's two things that have really um, made the biggest difference for me. One is that – Doing what you can't not do is the best way to succeed. So really going all in on the thing that you're obsessed with, the thing that you're, you know, you're most on fire about, the thing that you can't, you, you really, like you have to actively sometimes hold yourself back from mm. doing it too much because if you did, like you wouldn't do anything else in your life. You wouldn't spend time with your family, you know, you wouldn't clean your house. Um, you might not eat like that is the thing that I found I need to go all in on, um, and not worry about being good at, you know, all the other stuff that I see other people really excelling at. I just have to really accept and trust that. So that that's, that's definitely um, one of the biggest ones for me. The other one is is really um, just giving myself permission that I can do it the way that I want to do it. Mm. So, you know, I think so often we see the way other people build their businesses or we see the way other people work and we think that we need to be like them in order to succeed or we need to follow a certain sort of, you know, formula in order for our businesses to work, in order for us to be successful. And when I do that, I just feel like shit. I, I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I'm trying to make myself into something that I'm not. But for a long time, I didn't realize that. I just, did, I just tried to do that, and it didn't work. And I just judged myself and shamed myself for it. But in the last couple of years, I've more and more just been asking myself this question, like, 
what do I really want and can it really be the way that I want it to be? Mm-hmm. And just being curious about that and then, you know, conducting little experiments to see if that, if it is possible. Yes. Um, so I think those, those are definitely the two biggest ones for me. I could, I could share others, but if I could leave people with just those two, I think that would be amazing. And in terms of the first one, in terms of the things that you can't not do, how does someone, how does someone find that? That's, I mean, that's, that's profound, but you know, I don't think everyone is blessed with the gift of knowing what that is. So how does someone go about finding those things? So if you don't already know it and if you don't already, you know, accept it, then I, I feel like it's usually either one of two things happening. It's that you're, all, you're probably already doing it and you already are spending a lot of time on this thing, um, but you haven't you haven't acknowledged it and you haven't seen the value in it. So what you need to do is ask people around you, you know, what, a, what do you think I'm great at? Because we often second guess what is second nature to us. It just feels so normal. It feels so integrated into who we are that it's invisible to us. So the way you make it visible is by having asking people you love and people that are close to you, you know, what, what do you think my strengths are? What do you think my passion is? What do you think um, my value is? And trusting that those people are going to have your best interest at heart. So you really should focus on people that you know, love you, and you can trust. Mm-hmm. Um, the second so that that's that's the first one. The second one is is if you aren't already doing it and it's just the problem that you can't see it, usually what's happened is you've gotten so disconnected from your your passion and what makes you come alive because you've had so much conditioning or so much time spent not doing things that you enjoy. You know, you've you've really um, dumbed down your passions and you haven't given yourself any permission to really even consider that you could do what you want to do. So if that's the case, I think that you really need to go get back in touch with, you know, what did I really love to do before all of this stuff happened? And for most people, that's usually going to be somewhere in their, you know, in their childhood or their early teen years, um, because in that in that teenage, you know, sort of high school, college, university, um, you know, time period, that's when that conditioning really gets piled on thick, and we really start to think that you know we need to get serious, choose a safe, predictable job, and we really start to um, push down our desires and our passions. I think that's a really interesting point, and I think it would lead us very nicely into the uncaged man. Because um, we, when we spoke last, I was down in the coast of Cornwall, and part of my my daily rituals is I'll complete a journal every single day, and um, to keep it fresh. Because the process of doing a journal it can become quite mechanic, and you know you can ask yourself different questions every day, and if you do it for too long, it's like when you're in the gym or you're working out. If you do the same thing repeatedly for a long period of time your muscles adapt so i just changed my questions like mm. 10 new questions and one of the questions was what am i happy about right now and i was 
bear in mind, I was at a beautiful beach, the sun was shining, I was overlooking the sea, and I struggled to answer the question, which is a very simple question, what am I happy about <laughs> right now? And I was racking my brains, I was thinking, come on, Dan, what's happened to you? I'd, you know, I'd been working so hard on my business that I kind of lost sight of everything else. So I had to change the question to what makes me happy? And that was easier. You know, I could come up with a whole list of things that really make me mm. happy. But what had happened, I'd been so focused on business that I was really not even doing some of the basics. Some of the things like listening to music consistently. You know, right. we, we touched upon musical interests. Like when I was growing up, I always had a, whether it was a tape deck or a CD player or a mini disc player or something, always where I lived. And now we're living in this digital world. You know, I plug my phone in or my laptop into some speakers and we have music, but it's, it doesn't become habitual. It's not, it's not part of my life. So even something simple like listening to music that makes me happy, I wasn't doing and it, took, it just took that moment of realization, actually, that there is a lot of simple things that I could easily do each day to enhance my own happiness. But it just took that experience of reflecting to really realize what was missing. Um, but also, you know, I spend a lot of time reflecting every day regardless of what I'm gr grateful for. And there was a real distinction between what I'm grateful for and what makes me happy. And there was a divergence between the two. So it was a really, really reflective moment. And it, it took getting outdoors and taking time out of my normal environment to, to put myself in this state where I could have that reflective internal conversation with myself and, and make some decisions of how I was going to live my life differently as a result. So, um, I mean, how would you say that links to some of the work that you do with the uncaged man? Wow. I, I, I think that, you know, what, what you're touching on is this, you know, this sense that we need to be working all the time. We need to be always producing, always, um, always driving, always pushing. And, you know, like maybe there's times in your life for that. Maybe there's times where you really do need to do that. You really need to push and put your head down. Like you're trying to get your business off the ground. Um, you know, you're trying to make a huge transition in your life. But I think that what happens is, that becomes the default way of being in the world. And we're, we're taught that if we're not productive, then our life doesn't have value. And we place our self-worth, you know, in our to-do list. Mm. And that's a really dangerous thing to do. Um, and it's a really dangerous thing to do to equate worth with producing because life is more is is about more than just producing, mm. um, and at the end of your life, I guarantee you, you're not going to regret how much you didn't produce. Um, you're going to regret, you know, how much you really savored life, how many adventures you went on, how much time you spent with people you love, how much time you spent outside and playing and really exploring. So that's one of the things that you know, I really am passionate about sharing with, with people, um, and helping men specifically with is this, this, uh, message that you don't have to be productive 100% of the time. And actually, you know, maybe if you spend more time outside, maybe if you climb some trees or, or, you know, run through a Creek or, you know, you go for a hike maybe you're actually going to be happier and more inspired and then you're going to come back to your work from a more powerful place. Um, so that 
that I feel like has the ability to really change your life. But it's so easy to think that you don't have the time for it. Mm. Um, it's so easy to make it the last thing on your to-do list. Um, but I have to, I have to tell you, I don't know anyone, you know, myself included. I don't know anyone that like climbed a tree or went for a hike or, you know, spent some time on the beach and regretted, um, that they did it. Absolutely. I mean, that, that day was a transformational day for me. You know, it didn't have to be, you know, I haven't spent, I spent half a day at the beach and that, that has charged me up for, for, for weeks since that occasion. So I think, you know, people think about they have to be outdoors all the time, how they're going to fit it into their lifestyle. You can charge up by spending a certain period of time out. And I made some big decisions that day. And it links back to your second point about your success mantra in terms of how you do things. It's like, well, if I'm not happy, then I can't be happy with the work I'm doing. And if I'm not happy with the work I'm doing, then what, what, what am I doing? So I had to look right. at some of the processes as well. And what happened is I looked at some of those formulas you spoke about, some of those blueprints, and I was following someone else's blueprint. But I think you have to look at the principles and then without going off track, you have to look at the principles and see how it applies to you as a human being. But it took, mm-hmm. it took me uncaging in that moment to really see that I was following the wrong blueprint. I was following someone else's blueprint and not my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's easy to get, you know, seduced into that, especially when it, it, it feels easier because someone else has the blueprint and all you need to do is follow the steps. But if you follow those steps and it wasn't aligned with who you are, it doesn't even matter if you're going to be successful at it. Like <laughs> you, you might be successful and then realize, oh, I'm successful at playing someone else's game. Absolutely not fulfilled. Yeah, you have, you have to play your own game. And it's harder to do that and it's scarier, but that's where the real rewards are. Mm. So talk to me about like, what are the core principles of the uncaged man? Yeah, well, one that we just spoke on is that we never put wildness at the at the bottom of our to-do list. We never put going outside and, and getting in touch with nature at the bottom of our priorities. That is the priority that really feeds and nurtures everything else in our lives. Um, you know, when I when I don't go outside, I I feel really sad <laughs> and it only takes a few days of not going outside. And then I, I start to feel really depressed and sometimes I don't even notice it until it's really bad. And then I'm like, Whoa, what's going on here? What am I, what am I doing? And a lot of times I find it's my priorities are out of place. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one of the biggest ones. The next one, you know, that I, I'm really passionate about sharing with people is that this isn't just uncaging and reclaiming your innate wildness isn't just for, you know, the John Weirs and the, um, the Jack Londons and the Bear Grylls types of people of the world. Um, this, is, this is for everyone. This is for, you know, blue collar workers and, and, and dads and husbands and, you know, brothers this is uh this is something that can benefit you know everyday type of people um you don't have to you know if you if you decide you want more wildness in your life you don't have to you know leave everything behind and go live in a commune or 
you know, you know, I don't know, hold yourself up in a tree or something <laughs> like that. So, so what does it mean to reclaim your wildness? What does that mean to you? It means uncovering this, this innate nature within us that, you know, sometimes we think is lost because, uh, we've lived, it feels like we've lived in civilization so long, but really it's only been about 5,000 years, 10, you know, seven to 10,000, depending on who you ask, but that's a relatively short period of time within human history. You know, human history, human, um, human, humans as the form that we are now has only, has been about 200,000 years. And we've been, you know, we've been uh, large bodied primates for much longer than that. So all of this, this, uh, these instincts and this, this DNA is right underneath this surface um, and all it takes is just getting outside and, you know, climbing a tree or, you know, going for a hike and taking off your shoes or just starting to move in a more primal way. I'm a big advocate of helping people get back into primal movement to, as a path to reclaim their wildness because it's, it's something very accessible, right? You can start making a practice of squatting even in your house. Um, you can make a practice of walking barefoot, even just around your neighborhood. It doesn't have to start with, um, you know, climbing a mountain, uh, or something like that. So reclaiming, reclaiming your wildness to me means those everyday little things as well as the big things. Could you paint a picture for me about primal movement? That's not something that I'm thoroughly, uh, uh, clued up on into what, what is, what does that mean and how does that look? So primal movement is all the stuff that we do naturally as humans before we get taught about fitness. So if if you look at a if you look at a you know a toddler or baby, like what do what do they start doing? Well, first they start learning how to control their spine and their arms and stuff like that. Then they start crawling. Um, then they start, you know, climbing on things. Then they learn how to walk and run. Um, and then they start swinging on things, right? They start trying to climb, uh, bigger things. They don't just start, they don't just climb the couch. They start hanging on tree branches and, and monkey bars and things like that. So primal movement is about, you know, crawling on the ground. It's about squatting in a deep squat that, you know, that's the natural human resting position. Um, it's about, uh, you know, taking off your shoes and, and using the feet, uh, that you, that you have. And yeah, it's, it's really about, it's really about using your body in a more natural way. So not so much gym style workouts, but you know, how, how are humans meant to move? And that looks like a lot of crawling, uh, running, jumping, vaulting over things. Um, rough housing is a big one too. Fighting. That's something not a lot of us do these days, but that's a essential, uh, human nutrient that we all need, especially men, because, um, men were the hunters and protectors of the tribe. And, 
we're wired to be aggressive, but we don't have outlets for that mm. as much anymore. So that's, that's another really big one that's missing from most people's lives. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a really interesting point. I think that's something particularly for men is so important. You know, we have this inner, this inborn naturally wired sense of adventure, sense of spirit, sense right. of strength and power, but modern living doesn't really facilitate right. any of those core natural desires or um, innate kind of inbuilt systems within our body. And no, uh, what, I, what I love about what, what you're saying is that this, this uh, uh, alternative way of um, uh, expressing yourself as a human being through primal movement gives you the opportunity to reconnect with some of those more primal forces within us. Right. Yeah. You know, one, one of my, um, one of my, uh, inspirations is, uh, Jack Donovan. And he says, one of the great tragedies of modernity is the lack of opportunities for men to become who they are. Wow. And, you know, when you put it at it that way, it's like, yeah, we are naturally hardwired as men to take risks, um, to seek adventure, to, to fight because that allowed us to protect the people in our tribe. We're hardwired to want to hunt mm. and, um, you know, to, to provide for ourselves and to provide for our, for our tribe. Um, but modern life doesn't have a lot of those opportunities. So we either have to find some other outlet for them or we have to find a way to kind of recreate those. And that's, that's one of the, biggest facets of my work is because with civilization we've you know we've outsourced the need to move from our lives for the most part we've outsourced the need to hunt we've outsourced the need to protect um you know so how but we still have these bodies that want to do these things <laughs> yeah, yeah you know what i mean that's the that's the challenge so how do we how do we re create these things in our lives how do we reintegrate them um in a way that can that can serve us and that can you know really fulfill us at a deep sort of um primal level awesome and you know i think it's so important for every every type of man listening to this whether you're an entrepreneur or or someone working in the corporate world you know for me personally i pride myself on this inverted commas laptop lifestyle but really it's quite unsexy i spend a lot of time working from my in my desk at home which is in a little box in a little uh, box apartment on the harbor side you know i've got this beautiful place right on my doorstep but i spend so much time um you know locked up indoors with this uh with this laptop uh, and i think it's so important to reconnect to the outdoors on a number of reasons and i think what i was saying at the beginning of our chat was that having been ill for that nine day period stuck completely indoors, I'd started to question who I was and what I was doing. And I just think getting outdoors gives you that deeper level. I don't know what it is about doing it, but gives you a deeper level of, or a deeper sense of clarity, which I think as a man is such an important thing. Yes. It's, it's so important. And, you know, I want to, I want to challenge all the men listening to this to, to try and experiment to see if you make, you know, time in nature and getting outside and, and maybe exploring some more primal, natural based movement, you know, see if that 
really would negatively impact your productivity. Because I think that's that's the thing we all fear. <laughs> you know, we, we think that if I do this, then I'm not going to get stuff done or blah, 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 blah. I would like to challenge that. I would like to see if it might actually make you more productive, if it might, and not just productive, but also happier. Mm. Um, because there's value in that. There's value outside of just productivity. But I've actually found that when I make time for, you know, climbing or, you know, just rolling around on the ground or taking a walk in the woods, I feel happier and more inspired and more alive. And then I come back to my work from, from a more powerful, inspired place to where I want to, you know, do my work. And I'm not just trying to force myself through, you know, my tasks and overcoming resistance and, you know, it, it feels easier to me. Absolutely. And in terms of the unstoppable way, you know, I think the unstoppable way is more a way of living. It's about having a total clarity around what you want to achieve and then, you know, doing what it takes to make your own vision become a reality and become the kind of person that, uh, that can achieve the things that you want to bring into your life. How does, how would you say some of the principles that you work upon uh, align directly with kind of that unstoppable philosophy? Well, something I've been really reflecting on lately is how nature nurtures us. And there's all these sort of, you know, scientific studies that have been coming out about how, you know, spending time in nature makes us happier, it makes us more generous, it makes us more positive. Um, and I think that's great, even though I think it's a little silly when we need scientific studies to point out things that are kind of obvious or <laughs> common sense. Like we don't need a study to tell us walking is good for us. <laughs> we don't need a study to tell us blueberries are good for you. Um, but, but it's good because it's getting more attention, mm. right? So, uh, all these things are coming out that are saying, you know, Nature makes us more positive and, and all this. So w what's going to make you unstoppable, right? When you have a mindset of unwavering positivity, unwavering belief in your ability to, to move forward and overcome any obstacle, that's what I think of when I think of unstoppable. Like whatever you put in front of me, no problem. I'm larger than that. I am bigger than that. And nature you know, feeds us with that fuel that, you know, not, not just that positivity, but also, you know, it, it, it fortifies us. It makes us healthier and, and it makes our bodies stronger. Um, so I, I can't think of anything else that, that could make you more unstoppable, um, than that. I mean, nature's, have you ever seen a hurricane? Not in person, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty unstoppable, man. <laughs> yes, force of nature, for sure. Uh, yeah, so there you go. So, so what are three things the listeners can do right now or in the near future to uncage? What, what, are, what are the three things they could start by doing? Yeah, so my number one biggest thing is when you, um, when you make a cup of coffee in the morning or when you take your dog out, Take a few minutes um, just for moving your body, uh, you know, maybe crawling around on the ground, 
Uh, or if you want to make it really simple and you just want to start with one thing, practice squatting, holding a deep squat with your heels on the ground, um, reclaiming this position, uh, this fundamental foundational position is one of the biggest the biggest, most important things you can do because it's going to unlock a lot of more uh, advanced primal movement. So that would be that would be one. I would say, you know, if you have any sort of meetings um, or you know calls, try doing them outside. You know, do them on a walk. If you have a mastermind group, consider you know having your mastermind on a hike. Mm-hmm. You know, why not? I think that one of the barriers for people is they think they need more time to do these things. And we all feel overwhelmed and we all feel stressed out because we don't feel like we have enough time. So we need to find ways to integrate these things and embed them in the fabric of our lives um, in a way where it's just, it's just, we layer things, you know? So if you're going to brush your teeth, why not do it in a squat? Um, You're, you're brushing your teeth anyway. So, so those, yeah, making a morning practice of, of movement, um, you know, doing meetings or masterminds outside. Yes. And then, you know, finding that, finding a movement practice that really speaks to you. So that could be um, climbing, it could be hiking, it could be dance, it could be martial arts. Um, what is that sort of primal movement practice that you feel called to uh, that you can use as a way to get back in touch with your true nature? I feel like the body is the fastest path to um, to reclaiming your wildness. It's this ancient intelligence. It's this ancient architecture that we all have access to. We all have bodies right here, right now. So really getting back in touch with them and finding, you know, the way you want to move in a primal way that really speaks to you, I think is one of the, one of the best gifts that you can give to yourself. That's awesome. I, what I really like is, you know, for busy people, it's the ability to merge some of the things you do habitually anyway, with those primal movements, it gives you the opportunity to to use what I call no extra time, you know, so it's not a case of having to all of a sudden put extra time in your diary to do these things. You can actually combine it with some of the, the day-to-day tasks that you already uh, lined up anyway. Yeah, man. Integration over separation, you know, 100%. Awesome. It's my philosophy. Awesome. So just before we get into the final round, the quick fire round, what is, what's, uh, what are your, what's your driving force at the moment? What's your mission with the Uncaged Man? Yeah, my... My driving force is to help um, men reconnect with their innate wildness through um, making a practice of primal movement and as much as possible doing it with other men. Um, I found that I am more inspired when I'm, when I'm moving with other people, when I'm practicing with other people. And yeah, that's that's been huge for me. So that's my driving force right now. Um, that's what I'm orienting all of my efforts around. Mm, I think there's that kind of need for brotherhood as well. You know, the, uh, we, we talked about this in the past that, um, you know, the, there's been this obviously massive revolution in t- for, for women over the past 50 years, which is, which has been fantastic. But as a result of that, men are 
now kind of figuring out their place in the in the puzzle and um i think men are on a cusp asking a lot of questions themselves in terms of what is their role now and uh the stuff we've talked about today i think lends itself very appropriately to finding yourself in terms of going back to the wild and reclaiming who you are and and, and really forging your own identity through some of the processes that you've talked about absolutely Cool. So the quick fire round to finish up today. If you had to start your entrepreneurial journey all over again, knowing everything that you know right now, what would be the first thing that you would do? Mm, the first thing I would do is I would start a mastermind. Um, you know, I would get in touch with you know, four or five people that I respect and that I admire that are further along with me. And I would bring value to them by organizing this group and taking care of all the housekeeping elements of it. And through that, I would, you know, start building those relationships with people to um, help me with my business, but also hold me accountable to the actions that I want to take. Because as we were talking earlier, you know, one of the hardest parts about entrepreneurship is is doing it alone and and you know if you don't follow through no one is going to care so that would be the first thing i would do great uh, uh great advice and what's the most speaking of advice what's the most game-changing advice that you've ever personally received mm. do what you can't not do and go all in on you you know i shared that earlier but that that's like that's liberation right there um, that permission for you to just be who you are and not try to become something else, not to try to prove something. I think so many, so often we're trying to, you know, our actions are coming from a place of trying to prove something to other people or prove something to ourselves and, and just letting yourself be fully who you are, I think is one of the most radical acts you can take. Wow. Well, wow. so many quotables in that one paragraph. That's amazing. Um, finally, what does being unstoppable mean to you? It means being larger than your circumstances. Um, it means, you know, um, man, I forget the I forget how the quote goes, but you know, there's there's a quote about like a man must be so large, a man must be a country of in and of himself. He's he's so large that he makes all circumstances irrelevant. I think you'll you'll have to. Someone okay. will have to uh, judge, you know, uh, call me out on it. But I think it was Henry Henry David Thoreau um, or Emerson. But it's this idea, right, that you are bigger than whatever is happening to you or whatever is in your life, and that you will overcome that. That's to me. There's no other. There's no better definition of unstoppable well, than that. Well, powerful. Thank you. And finally, uh, in terms of your work right now, how do people find out about the Uncaged Man? Yeah, check out uncagedman.com. I'm always putting out the best content that I can, the most practical, relevant content that helps you really reintegrate wildness and embed it into your life. Um, we have a Facebook group that is that is going really strong that you can check out on there. Guys are connecting with each other and um, supporting each other with this work. So um if that's something that speaks to you and you want more brotherhood in your life, you can definitely um, join our group. But I just, I, yeah, I encourage you to check out what we're doing and see if it, if it speaks to you. And if so, we, you know, we'd love to have you in our tribe. 
Awesome. I'll be putting both of the uh, links to the website and the Facebook group in the show notes. And in terms of some of the primal movements we've talked about today, is there a link that I can share through your site for some of those movements to give people a helping hand on, on those types of things? Yes, absolutely. If you, if you check out the blog, there's a post called um, Six Primal Movements Every Man Should Master. And I think that's a really good starting point for, for guys. Um, and yeah, there's, there's, of course, there's so many more than that. But I think those six are some of the most fundamental um, that every guy should be able to, to do. Awesome. I think what, the final question actually for me is, what would you say to the women listening to this in regards to their men? How can they, how can they encourage their men to reclaim their wildness? Yeah, I, I think, you know, being curious, being supportive, um, you know, helping, helping your partner by asking them what they want um, from a place of curiosity, not from a place of judgment, um, is, is really, really powerful. Um, and, you know, reminding them that I want what's best for you. I want you to be happy. And if that means that you need to go for a hike and I don't spend those few hours with you that I, you know, I would have otherwise, like, that's what I want for you. Um, I think that sometimes we, we as men don't do those things that we want to do because, you know, we don't want to, like, I don't want to leave my partner at home sometimes and, and go off for a hike by myself or with some other guys because, you know, I value our relationship, but sometimes that's, that's just what I need right now. Mm. Um, so, and, and she trusts that I'm going to do that and come back to our relationship with more energy and, and from a better place. So, you know, maybe, maybe reminding your partner of that, I think could be really useful. I think that's powerful. I think, you know, the, the masculine energy within the male, specifically the masculine energy has that deep need for freedom and adventure. And I think it's often misunderstood by the feminine energy. And I think it's so powerful to be able to help facilitate your man and letting him experience those energies because it it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. If, if you're not, you're not there all the time, it just means he's reconnecting with that part of him. It's so important. It's, it's, it's an important thing and it has no bearing on, uh, his love for his woman, um, his his lady. So I think that's a very powerful response. Thank you, Jonathan. And and thank you again for spending your time today. It's been a really, really insightful um, uh, discussion today, very different from some of the conversations we've had so far around entrepreneurship. And I think some of the principles that you've covered really go hand in hand with finding your mission and getting things done. I think that ability to reconnect to the wild is so, so important and actually will accelerate people's results. And I love some of the ways you've shared today around how people can incorporate it into their daily life, that integration piece. I think that's been very powerful. And I very much encourage all the guys and girls to go and check out on cageman.com. And, um, yeah, for the girls who are listening as well, do, do get your guys to check it out. There's some, there's some gold in there that will really help them step up and, uh, and claim who they are. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. This has been amazing. Thank you, Jonathan, for sharing some amazing insights. I'm really excited to go and try out some of these primal movements myself. And having spent a lot of time indoors recently through illness, I cannot wait to spend some more time outdoors. And next week, I'm traveling to Austria and I'm going to be cycling from Innsbruck 
to Lake Garda over four days with my partner Lizzie. So I'll be having plenty of outdoor experience and fully uncaging and uh, can't wait to come and share on the podcast the experience I've had there and the impact that being outdoors for that period of time has had. So uh, thank you again, Jonathan. Please do go and check out his work at theuncagedman.com. All the notes, all the links, etc., will be in the show notes. Really excited to share that with you and uh, have you go and see some of his movements that he's talking about today. Uh, please do go and check out his Facebook group as well. You'll see me there and we can uh, enjoy being part of that community. So the final piece of news is I'm due to release the pre-release version of The Unstop Entrepreneur. This is going to become my flagship program. And it's going to be the program to end all programs when it comes to marketing your business online. It's going to contain all the latest cutting edge information about how to attract a tribe, how to monetize your passion, your expertise, your abilities. It's going to show you exactly how to market yourself online, build a brand, step-by-step instructions about how to start your revolution, ignite your movement, and build your empire online. You're going to want to check it out. I'm going to be running a webinar next week. So go to www.danjgregory.com forward slash webinar. You're going to want to be on there. It's going to be an hour of pure content. And I'll be telling you a little bit more about the pre-release of the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Program at the end. And you're going to want to stay and listen to that because I'm going to give some unique opportunities for those of you who want to participate in the pre-enrollment of that program. You're going to have an opportunity that will never, ever be back. And you'll be part of the shaping of the program and looking behind the scenes exactly how to launch a signature program. So make sure you're there, danjgregory.com forward slash webinar. You'll find the registration page and I look forward to seeing you on that webinar. Until next time, I'm looking forward to next week. I'll be back on Monday with the episode as normal and Thursday, look forward to a very special guest for next week. Keep posted on Facebook to see in advance who that's going to be. As always, go out there, unleash your greatness, ignite your movement, build your empire. You are unstoppable. Thanks for listening.